Okay. So, uh, hi, I'm Pastor Peter, youth pastor. I'm subbing today. Today, uh, t- sermon's titled called Acceptable Sins. So, I don't know if you noticed, uh, a couple weeks ago, I remember I was watching TV, and President Biden was on, and he had this black stuff on his forehead. And I was like, what? What's going on? Right? And then it was this thing called Lent, right? So, Catholic Church, they have Lent 40 days before Easter. They go to church, get the ashes uh, placed on their forehead. And it's a time to think about your sins and reflect on your sins and prepare yourself for Easter. So, um, the, yeah, that's kind of today's topic, thinking about our sins, preparing ourselves. Is there ways I need to, uh, things I need to work on? How do I need to improve myself? Stuff like that. So uh, this sermon's inspired by this one student. In, uh, and during the week, I teach high school biology. And the student said this thing to me. And I was like, oh, like, so it's like, wow. Okay, well, anyways. Um, it reminded me of this, this thing I heard about. It was called cognitive dissonance, right, where you could hold two conflicting beliefs, values, or attitudes, and it'll, this conflict will feel, uh, cause a feeling of unease or discomfort in yourself. All right, so uh, sometimes uh, we can do that. We can have these two beliefs or have this belief and this action uh, in ourselves that don't match, right? So... Uh, they contradict themselves, and you're sort of contradicting yourself. So, like, I believe exercise is good, and it's healthy for me, and I need to do it. Am I going to go exercise today? I'll uh, go in and out. All right, I'm going to go in and out. So these things, ideas, actions, we contradict ourselves. So people react differently to this uh, cognitive dissonance thing. Some, it's, uh, some they admit it, they confess it, and... They work on it some, they go into denial, justification, they get angry, they judge others. So uh, I remember uh, uh, when I think of cognitive dissonance, these two beliefs or ideas that aren't matching, I think of, uh, they used to do this a lot on local news, where uh, when I was a kid, like there would be like a murderer or a rapist, and they'd uh, interview their parents. They would always go to their house and interview their parents, and the mom would always say the same thing, right? The mom would say, He's, he was such a good boy, right? And you're like, huh? Right? I think the most infamous one was uh, this guy named Jeffrey Dahmer. His mom said that about him. He was this serial killer. Mom was like, he's such a good boy. And you're like, wait a minute, something's not matching, right? Actions and what she said, it's not matching. All right, so I'm going to show you a video. This is a video of this little girl, and she's going through it, right? She's, she's having this issues. She's trying to balance these two things that are uh, contradicting things that are happening. How is it? Good. It looks so, it looks like you're enjoying yourself. Oh, yeah, that looks like you're enjoying. Okay, you okay? Are you enjoying? I'm okay. Okay. How is it? Good. Enjoying yourself? Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Yes. <laughs> so I 
felt so bad for that girl, right? She's trying to be nice to her mom. It's good. This food's good. But her body's like, no, it's not. Get it out, right? So she has this conflict inside of her. So this sermon today was inspired by one of my students. Uh, she said this thing. It blew me, blew my mind. So, like, uh, I have a lot of students who, you know, they think they're too cool to study, and then they just goof off all class. And then, yeah, nowadays with all the technology, there a lot of them are on Netflix in class. And then uh, usually they act too cool, and then, and then when I try to get them to do the work, they talk back to me, whatever. But then uh, a couple weeks ago, it was uh, our third quarter was ending. And that's when report cards go out. And then this thing always happens, right? The day before I turn in grades. Those kids who are like failing and they're like, I don't care. They come in to, they come in to see me and then they start begging. And then it's one of the best feelings of the whole, whole year. I'm like, yes, yes, I knew. And then uh, this girl came in and she was getting a bad grade. And then, uh, yeah, she asked how, how can I, she raise a grade. And I told her, oh, do this, this, this. And then, um, so, okay, okay. And then right as she went out the door, she said this thing. She says, I was like, uh, I'm not stupid. I just don't do anything in your class. And I was like, huh? <laughs> I was like, wait, what? I was like, confused. I was like, yeah, okay. Wait, what? Like, yeah, okay. So, so, okay, you're not stupid. That means you should be doing stuff, right? But she's holding these two contrasting views in, uh, in her head. So, uh, I remember... This reminded me of this, this quote. Uh, you guys ever heard of this quote? Stupid is as stupid does. Anyone know who it was? Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. So that's the famous quote from Forrest Gump. Stupid is as stupid does. And then that made me think when I wrote this down this week. I was like, because Forrest Gump, everyone thought he was stupid, but he did a lot of extraordinary things. And then while I was writing that down, I was like, hey, maybe he wasn't that stupid. Right? That's what I was thinking. But uh, a lot of times we see this cognitive dissonance thing in other people, right? So uh, anyone know an uh, angry person who doesn't think they're angry? Right, that's my dad. Uh, he doesn't think he's angry. Uh, or a gossipy person who, who loves the go- uh, person who hates gossip but gossips all the time. Or uh, someone who uh, who's, thinks they're generous but they never, uh, you know, like give money to anybody. I remember we had this one friend. Uh, his name was Corn. We, his name was Cornelius. We called him Corn. And then uh, he never offered to pay when we went out to eat, right? And I still remember this. It was like years later. One time he offered to pay. All of us gasped. Like the whole burger were like, oh, really? Like, this is not a joke, right? So, uh, yeah, this happens a lot. And then, so we see this a lot in others. And then the question I want us to get today is, do you see this in yourself? Do you see this in yourself, right? So, like, uh, I believe, right, that uh, you shouldn't lie, you should tell the truth, but then what happens when you get pulled over and the officer goes, uh, how fast do you think you're going? I'm like, 37, you know, and I know I was going 45 or whatever, or, um, yeah, like the thing of going on a diet, right? Like, yeah, I'm going to go on a diet, going to eat right. This is like, I don't know, to... Yeah, this is like the 30th time this year I've been saying this. Like, I'm going to go on a diet for reals. And then, uh, this is really embarrassing, on Friday, uh, like, yeah, I've been, I tried, started working out last couple weeks, and on Friday, uh, the scale, like, 
the, I didn't like the number that <laughs> went on the scale. And I was like, something's wrong with the scale, right? So guess what I did? I changed the batteries, right? Because the scale must be broken. And then changed the battery. It's the same number, all right? The scale was right. It was me. I was in denial, right? And then so sometimes we, uh, there's this distance in others. And then today I want us to see in ourselves. But in James chapter 2, we're going to look at James chapter 2. Sometimes this happens in the church, too. It happens in the church. James chapter 2, verse 1, it says, My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes to your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, Here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, You stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? So church is supposed to be a place we love one another, we serve one another. And then, like James is saying, we shouldn't show favoritism here, right? So there's this dissonance. It's not, it's not working. So this is written in the first century uh, by James, Apostle James. And Apostle James is a no-nonsense kind of person, right? That's why a lot of people like the book of James because it's so straightforward. He just tells it like it is and straightforward. So most likely... There's something, even in first century church, they're having this problem, right? Something's going on. They're showing favoritism to some people. There's discrimination. And he's just saying, hey, shouldn't be like this way, right? Stop it. Everyone stop doing this, right? So uh, sometimes you see so you, sometimes you see this dissonance in uh, the church where actions and beliefs and actions aren't matching. I don't know if anyone uh, watches Christian news other than me, maybe a few other Christian nerds who pay attention to Christian news websites. But last week, there was some news that came out. It was really sad. I was like, Nurgh! right? So uh, you guys, any of you guys heard of Hillsong? Like the music, great music, awesome music. It's awesome. And then last week, there was a big announcement there. Senior pastor uh, stepped down. And I was looking up, I was reading the article, looking up the reason, and it was like uh, drunk texting and a female staffer. I was like, no. Why? Why? Right? Why does this keep happening? Right? This beliefs and actions is not matching. So, uh, yeah. So some. So there's dissonance in the church. There's this dissonance happening in our lives. If you look at James three nine, it says, "With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness." All right. So. James is saying, hey, with the same mouth, you're praising God, right? With that same mouth, you shouldn't be cursing other people, right? And this, is, this verse is the reason why I stopped listening to praise music while I drive, because I used to listen to a lot of worship music while I'm driving. And then something would happen, right? And then I would, you know, say something bad. And then this verse convicted me, so I was like, okay, I'm just going to stop listening to praise music while I drive. So... James also talks about double-mindedness, this double-mindedness, uh, literally having two separate minds, right? You're having these two contradictory thoughts, and you're battling within yourself. And James 4.8 says, uh, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, uh, you double-minded, right? So uh, I struggle this with this a lot. The, the area I really struggle with this this double-mindedness thing is with uh, <clears throat> me and my relationship with my dad, 
Because I told myself growing up, my brother too, he has the same struggle he has. And we, growing up, we said, oh, we're not going to be like our dad, right? Not going to be like that. We had a lot of issues with him. Uh, he had a lot of anger problems. He was really stubborn, right? He wouldn't, would never admit he was wrong about something. I, I really can't remember him admitting like he was wrong about something. Even like something little, like, uh, like he misread something or something like that, right? So I remember growing up, uh, I always said, uh, I, yeah, I had a problem with people in authority telling me what to do. I really had issues with it, especially if it was a male figure, and I, and I really, uh, yeah, didn't want to listen to them. And then I remember when I got married. So when I got married, I was like, okay, I'm not going to be like my dad, right? And then uh, eventually it happened, right? I think, yeah, it happened this year, all right? It happened this year. Uh, eventually it happened. My wife said this to me, and it hurt, it hurt a lot. He's like, you're just like your dad. And I was like, oh! All right, and it hurt. That hurt a lot. All right, it was an eye-opening experience because the whole time I was in denial. I'm not like my dad. I'm not like your dad. But he's just saying, "Hey, you're just this. You're stubborn too. You don't listen to a lot of things." And uh, yeah, we got into a lot of conflicts. I've been married two years, and, and we got in a lot of conflicts. And main one was uh, 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 basically cleanliness issues. All right, because she's she was born in Korea, so. I, my view was like, hey, it's a cultural difference, right? But it wasn't to her. And so I thought, I thought showering once a week is fine, right? Because she said in Korea, people shower once a day, sometimes twice a day. And I was saying, hey, that's because in Korea, there's a lot of water. I grew up in Southern California where ever since we were little, there was always a drought. And they told us, conserve water. And then she's like, no. And then finally, I admitted, yeah, okay, fine. I'm just lazy, right? I finally admitted, yeah, I'm just lazy. I need to shower more, right? And then uh, another thing I had, a big issue I had with my dad was he called us uh, stupid all the time, right? Stupid in Korean. Stupid, stupid, blah, 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 right? And then I vowed, right? Last year, my son was born. I vowed, I'm never going to say that to my son, right? And then it already happened twice, right? So uh, basically... He peed in my face, okay? So I, I didn't know what to say. I opened the diaper, peed in my face, and it just, oh, it came out. And the second time was, uh, yeah, he pooed, and it came out of the diaper. It went everywhere on the floor, and then it came out again, right? And then it really scared me, right? It really scared me because, like, dang, I'm going down this same road. I was saying stuff just like my dad did to us. And I was like, oh, man, I need to be careful, right? So, uh, so then how do we... Avoid this. How do we get rid of this uh, dissonance? Our beliefs and actions aren't matching up. James chapter 1 says, we got to look in the mirror. Right? It says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. All right? So this is really hard, right? It's really hard looking in that accountability mirror, looking to the word of God and saying, okay, where does this not match? Where is my life and this word of God not match? Right? What are the areas where, you know, I'm not the person I should be? What do I need to change, right? Because a lot of times we have these uh, spiritual blind spots, right? Just some areas we just can't see it. Right? Everyone else sees 
Like my wife sees the anger and the stubbornness and stuff, but I, I don't see it. I think I'm fine. All right, so a lot of times uh, we have blind spots, like my car has a blind spot. I drive a Pilot and uh, Honda Pilot. It just seems to have this blind spot, especially for uh, Toyota Priuses. I really can't see them. Just, I don't know, the size or something. I've almost run over a couple of them on the freeway because I just can't see them. So how do you deal with your blind spot? Uh, a lot of times you need someone to point it out for you, right? Someone who's going to give you that honest criticism, that trusted friend, right? So, uh, yeah, so why is it so hard to just admit it, to just confess, you know what? Yeah, I do have this problem with this. I need to fix this, right? So there's this book called Acceptable Sins by Jerry Bridges. Really good book, recommended. And then he says, uh, he talks about this whole thing, and he says, Christians, a lot of times they get preoccupied with the major sins. Like, hey, I didn't murder anyone. I didn't rob a bank. Uh, Yeah, I'm good, right? I didn't commit adultery. I'm good. I'm a good person. I'm fine, right? And then... He says a lot of times we forget to look at the more subtle sins, uh, pride and anger, uh, discontent, unthankfulness, selfishness, judgmentalism. A lot of times we'll focus on other people's sins or the culture around us, right, instead of looking inside. And he says what a lot of times what blocks us from admitting our sins is there's this door and it's called shame and guilt. And we don't want to go through that door, right, because we're like, if we go through this door. It's just going to be shame and guilt. So what do we do instead? Uh, we, it leads us to denial or justification or judging others or anger, right? So one of the key tests of saying, is this an issue with me? Do I have like this blind spot sin that I'm not admitting to? Is, uh, yeah, the, one of the key tests is to look at how do you respond to criticism, right? If someone does criticize you or points that out, how do you respond? Are you able to listen to that person, or do you get angry? All right, so I remember, uh, yeah, when I got married two years ago with my wife, we read that, we did the biblical counseling, we watched videos, and we, you know, they always do that verse where they're like, there's a Bible verse, don't go to sleep angry, and we're like, yeah, we're going to do this, right? And it's really hard, okay? We, we found out it's really hard to do that, right? And then we did it at the beginning, and then later on, we're just tired and went to sleep. So, yeah, uh, it's really hard. I realized how hard it is just to say sorry, my mistake. And that was one of the big ones, right? I was being so stubborn. I went through all the steps Jerry Bridges was talking about, right? I would get angry, right? That's not a big deal. She's making such a big deal, nothing... Or the justification, you know, I was tired, I never have time, that's why I didn't do it. Or denial, right, this is not a problem, right, she's overblowing it. Or judging others, well, what about you, you know, you didn't, and then finally it got to the point where, hey, just admit it, right. Finally, just humble myself, just admit it, yeah, okay, I do have this issue, I am like my dad, I need to watch out for this, this, and this, right. So, What's stopping us from getting through that door of just finally confessing it? It's that shame and guilt door. And a lot of times it's because we forget uh, John, what John 3.17 says. A lot of times we know John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But then there's the 17, 
For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. All right? So we, a lot of times we're afraid that if we confess our sins, it's going to lead to condemnation. But instead, we've got to remember verse 17. When we confess our sins, it leads to con- forgiveness. All right? So Jesus is not here. God's not here because he wants to condemn us. It's because he wants to forgive us. And one of my favorite verses uh, Psalms 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. So brokenhearted, another word is for repentant or contrite or just getting to that point where you just admit, okay, I did mess up. Right? I do need to do better. Right? So God's saying, confess your sins, not because it's not going to lead to condemnation. You don't have to worry about getting judged by God, because of what Jesus did on the cross, confession leads to forgiveness, all right? So how do you avoid this cognitive dissonance thing? How do you avoid becoming like your parents? All right, you got to look in that mirror, accountability mirror, all right? Listen to your trusted friends, right? And then find out where those beliefs and actions don't match, and then confess it to Christ, all right? Let's pray. Dear God, I uh, confess that it's, sometimes it's just so hard. Some, some, sometimes it's so hard just to admit, you know, so hard sometimes just to say I'm sorry or, hey, it's my fault, right? And I just pray, Lord, that we would just humble ourselves and know that uh, Jesus did everything on the cross for us, and now all we need to do is confess our sins. So help us to uh, look in that mirror, be really honest with ourselves, look, find our blind spots, and listen to those who are, who's, who are caring for us and who are uh, trying to help us, Lord, around us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.